sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. Hello, hello, welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop with MNT. We are just like the audiobook for Reddit. So, what have you been up to this week, T? I'm good. I didn't ask how you were. No, no, I don't care how you are. Well, people need to ask how I am. No one's asking. I have a lot of emotional problems. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. What have you been doing? Well, I've been sitting by myself playing video games, clearly. Yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds like it. Yeah, so business as usual. Now, um, I've been good. Um, TV season rolls on. New episodes of Always Sunny, South Park, Goldbergs. Heck, even Big Bang Theory, we watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil's back. Woo! We started that. We're going to talk about that a bit later on in the pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw a movie yesterday. We did see a movie. Yeah, which we have a whole section dedicated to. I feel we've hit the... Um, trifecta for our podcast themes we've got a movie to review mm-hmm. we've got a theme because it's halloween coming up oh. halloween 2018 and it's loaded with 90s nostalgia i'm of course talking about the goosebumps movie goosebumps 2 electric boogaloo not electric boogaloo but yeah, it's goosebumps 2 i hate that expression electric yeah. boogaloo oh, too bad i love it i just get used to it kids all right um, so we have a section reviewing that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for me, business as usual, uh, Halloween theme just dropped on Rollercoaster Tycoon Touch. So that's been exciting, collecting skeletons and vampire castles. Yeah, you've recently just gotten me onto that. So I've been um, saving up all my coins, getting all my, my skellies. Yeah, pumpkins everywhere. Everything's orange. It's great. Um, I don't have pumpkins yet or unlocked the color orange. So I'm just desperately waiting for those two things because I want to color code my path. Well, you Halloween. Did, you did start it this morning, so... I started two days ago. Ah, oh, why aren't you on a $10 billion park like mine yet? Yeah, well, I'm level 14, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, other than that, gaming-wise, the play replay of The Witcher rolls on. I'm in holding pattern currently because all the good stuff comes out mm. next week. So we are T-minus four days to Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Might even pop into a midnight release, grab a copy of that, and then go to bed and play it the next day like a sane person. Mm, but Boring. Yeah. Oh, it, all the excitement of buying it at midnight, I think I'd <laughs> be done for the day excitement-wise. Um, Thronebreaker comes out in two days, which mm-hmm. I think I've talked about on an earlier podcast. It's sort of a new single-player RPG from the folks that made The Witcher. Um, the Witcher, huh? Yeah. Oh. You, I've never heard you mention that before. Nah, it's this game. Um, <laughs> I like it. It's good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And All instead right. of combat, they have card games. Yeah. It's like Gwent. Uh, in this new game that you're talking about? Yes. Ah. Yes. It was going to be a single player campaign for their Gwent card game, but they thought, let's just make a whole game of it. And you know what? I'm down. So it's like Gwent to Electric Boogaloo. I wouldn't say that. I would. <laughs> uh, other than that, I made a purchase this week. Ooh. I got myself some new headcans. Now, I, I'm not like 
we're not going to get into device reviewing, peripheral reviewing, because I wouldn't know what I was talking about. And I don't know, there's only so many ways you can describe a mouse or a keyboard. But I have been playing around with these new headphones. Um, the reason is I got, what did I get? I got some HyperX Cloud 2 mm-hmm. headset. And they've got this little USB dongle. It's kind of like a little built-in sound card. So you plug in your headphones via USB. Mm. And it has like a digital fake 7.1 surround sound. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So obviously earphones, you've got two speakers. There's not nothing going to be much more powerful than, you know, it's not going to be any better than stereo. But mm. magic and technology, they can make this sound like 7.1. And it's cool. It works. But I think I'm using it on the wrong games because um playing the witcher and um <laughs> I'm walking around town it's a third person you're you know over the shoulder and there's all these people in like a city and they're all drunk and spitting and farting and stuff and if it happens next to the camera like where the camera <laughs> is it's like super loud in your ear so you're like no greetings witcher then you hear a huge belch in your ear and you're like ah what the hell is that and if a monster sneaks up on you it's terrifying because it's like so much louder than anything else so i think i'm playing the wrong type of games to use this technology but um Mm. i might try i don't know i might have to dive into a call of duty or something first person yeah maybe yeah maybe although the good thing about these headphones is um you can use them on the playstation 2 right yeah yeah if i can get a long enough as well i should say yeah I don't think the PlayStation 2 had 7.1. Probably not. Um, if I can get a long enough USB cable, I can do that. But I'd be playing Red Dead Redemption, so I'd probably have the same problem. People uh, spit in the Wild West as well. So. Gross. So, okay. So that would be an issue playing on the PlayStation 4. Is that because it's USB? You could have a really long cable going directly to the console. Yeah, I play on the TV, mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. you know, two meters back. Yep. Okay, good mm. point. Um, That's everything I've been doing this week. Mm-hmm. Uh Coming up this week, we're going to a live recording of The Dollop. Yeah. See um, Gary and Dave talk about Australian history in mm. humorous ways. I mentioned The Dollop on Podcast Week a few weeks ago as the one I'm currently devouring, like a few episodes a week. Um, just two comedians talking about American history or Australian history if they're in Australia. And they just sort of riff off it. Like comedians with um, improv backgrounds. Mm. Mm. They're quite funny. Highly recommend. And we're going to go see him record one. So that could be fun. Yeah, I'm pretty keen for that. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, how about you? What are you up to? Uh, this week I've done a couple of things. So no games, quite game week, um, except for Rollercoaster Tycoon <laughs> <laughs> on my phone. you gotta, you got to build those soda stands. Yeah, I've got coins to collect, man, bubbles to read. So uh, besides that, I watched a movie on Netflix, a Netflix original movie called The Package. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're scrolling past, it probably has a picture of either teenagers or an eggplant emoji. Um, that's the penis. <laughs> it's called the package. Yeah. Tell me the plot. <laughs> Tell uh, me more. Uh, well, look, it's, um, I mean, it's not subtle. These kids go camping. A guy's like playing around with a flick knife and cuts off his wiener. Wiener disappears. Um, he gets helicopter rescued. The friends try to find his dick within 12 hours so they can stitch it back on. That is amazing. That's a <laughs> script I would have written in high school. Yeah, and, and it, it plays out that way. <laughs> it plays out exactly that way. So um, the package is actually referring to his package. Which is then packaged to go to the hospital. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's layered. It, it's high concept. <laughs> 
Very. It's like, is it the sequel to Dude, Where's My Car? Like, Dude, Where's My Dick? That had a better plot. <laughs> Dude, Where's My Car had a better plot. Yeah. Um, so look, it wasn't great. I mean, it's a good kind of like shitty teen movie with cheap laughs. So it's, you know, if, if you're in one of those moods, you're like, I've had a long day. I just need to hear some dick jokes. You, you know how I feel by now about dick jokes. Better than poo jokes. Better than poo jokes. So, um, yeah, I, I quite didn't like it. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was, it was perfectly fine. Of all the movies you've seen, it's one of them. I would definitely say it was one, yes. All right. Um yeah, some cheap lols, but um yeah, it was it was alright. Yeah, all right. it was alright. What yeah. else we got? Um so besides that, um one weird thing which sort of cropped up on the old Netflix is um this show which looked instantly appealing to me as a weird alternative person called Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Now, I looked at this and I read the description and just saw, you know, the picture and I'm like, okay, so this is some, like, Dita Fontes looking bird and she makes some stuff and she has puppet friends. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll give this a go. It took me two goes to watch it because this show is unexplainable. Inexplainable? Unexplainable? You cannot describe this show. It is very... Weird. Uh, I think you walked in on a scene. You were just like, "What the fuck is happening? What is what is this?" <laughs> I thought it was like Huey's cooking adventures, but with the ferals. That is kind of basically what it is. <laughs> Knew it. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I guess it. Um, yeah, hard to explain. So it's like Morticia Adams meets Nigella with a flavor of Dita Von Teese, who incidentally is actually in the show. Um, and, and they cook, like, spooky recipes. I'm not even up to that yet. Right. Just just hold the phone. So, um, yeah, so it's sort of like watching Dita Von Teese's weird cousin in Middle America. Um, not with Middle America accents. She just has a nice big mansion and has a lot of time to be making a lot of shit. So, you know, has that kind of vibe. Um, so it's all that. Meets the Muppets. Hmm. Um, and she just creates stuff that is so weird and complicated that just makes you say fuck off just fuck off it is so cool the stuff she makes so she makes these like detailed uh lots of cooking stuff but she also makes a dress and teaches you how to make a dress and sew your own patterns and shit um weird like caramel spiders and these incredible detailed spooky gingerbread houses and cakes and it's just phenomenal so um for the for the food porn alone it's great to see so i looked into it because i'm like what who is this person where did they find her so a few years ago she um was a bit internet famous because she's like a, a an artist like a food artist or something i don't know and she a um chef. no not a <laughs> chef she um she became famous because she decorated, which was probably famous before this, she decorated her parents' house for Halloween and turned it into a giant monster. Do you remember seeing that on the internet? No. Uh, anyway. Um, if it was on BuzzFeed, I would never have seen it. It was everywhere. Um, so, yeah, she was, if you remember that, she's from that. Uh, what else is weird about this show is, because um, at first I was like, is this a kid's show? Because I, I watched it for about six minutes initially and went, no, nah, I can't do this. And I turned it off and then I gave it another go. And uh, I'm glad I, I persevered because it was pretty um, addictive watching. 
And there's all these just really weird characters. Like she goes on a date who might be a serial killer, but she's cool with it. <laughs> and it's all the, really yeah, bizarre. The three minutes I saw was not a kid show. No. What I saw was like they were murdering someone with a guillotine. That could honestly be any episode. <laughs> that might have been when the neighbor came over, who knows. Uh, but the way that, that, that there's a lot of interaction with the puppets is uh, it gave me a bit of a Mystery Theater 5000 vibe as well. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you wanted to see something that's just not like anything you've seen before, give that a go because it's, it's just friggin' weird. And the stuff she makes is beautiful and amazing. And now I really want to make some stuff and I can make my own little mashup of um, Nailed It and... Mm-hmm. Curious creations of Christine McConnell. Based on your adventures, it'd be closer to nailed it. Yeah, yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, so that's what we've been up to. Um, after the break, we're getting goosebumps. Woo! Welcome back. <laughs> um, we were preparing to record this next section, and we hear <laughs> the, this thunk. <laughs> And it was very spooky. It's very fitting yeah. for the introduction of our. Uh, it was next very cover. scary because <laughs> the sound had come through the microphone and into our headphones, so it was coming from right in front of us. Oh God, what is it? But um, welcome to the show, Taco the dog. Yeah, she's here um, somewhere. She, we will let her stay in and see how she goes. Her <laughs> her favorite game is Dog of War mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or God of Raw. <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyway, what we were really <laughs> yesterday, we saw the movie Goosebumps Two by yes. Sony. Thank you. Um, got to go to a fun screening out of everyone else. Yeah, they've been advanced screenings all week, and we got to check that out. We actually saw the first Goosebumps movie when it came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, they're not good. <laughs> well, I think the important thing to think about when it comes to the Goosebumps movies is um, it's not the book; it's an ode. To Goosebumps, really. Yeah. They're Goosebumps-inspired kids' movies. Yeah, so the first one was 2014, I want to say. Um, R.L. Stein, the author of Goosebumps, played by Jack Black. Mm-hmm. And the pages of his book comes to life. Very and Jumanji-esque. Very Jumanji. And yeah. antics follow, and that was all right. But Goosebumps 2, we saw yesterday, and I quite liked it. It was a lot better. Yeah, I agree, actually. I think the the second one was a lot better than the first one. I don't know if that's because this time I sort of knew what to expect. Uh, having seen the first one and gone, all right, that's what they're going to do with this, you know, with um, with Goosebumps movies. So, um... I feel... Because they've got to have kids in the lead and kid yeah. actors are terrible because you're not going to get a good kid actor for this kind of movie. But they filled the gaps with stellar actors. Oh, like did all they the ever. adult supports. Very so, surprising. Yeah, so they've got Ken Jeong is their neighbour and yes. he's super into Halloween and <laughs> crazy decorating so his amazing. house. Which pays off in dividends when everything starts coming to life. Of course. Um, the mum is played by... Oh, I was going to get all the actors' names. Anyway. Why did you not? <laughs> Beverly Goldberg from the Goldbergs. Yes, also of Bridesmaids, if you remember her in that. And the concierge from that episode of The Office, when Michael Scott goes on the business trip and sleeps with the concierge. I don't even remember that. Well, I remember that because I saw it after I saw the Goldbergs. I'm like, hey, it's Mrs. Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she plays the mother and actually gets a lot of good lines. It was quite funny. Yeah. Um, I love her in everything. And Cyril Figgis from Archer, you know, the guy. 
Anyway, this Chris is Chris Parnell is the Chris person. Parnell. Thank you. you. You forget every time. Well, because I keep getting mixed up with everyone. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, right. Alright, anyway, so they, it was actually really well cast around the kids, and the kids mm. were alright. Um, it's pretty funny, the main protagonist is Slappy, the ventriloquist dummy, yes. and as we all know, the scariest thing in all things is, it goes, number one is clowns. Okay. Number two is dolls and dummies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three is small Asian children who are maybe ghosts with, you know, like the ring. Right, okay. Or the grudge. Right. Japanese horror is Japanese horror. Mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, and it's always a small <laughs> demon girl who's yeah. always... Yeah. <laughs> creeps me out. That's the one. Um, so Slappy's the antagonist causing mm-hmm. a ruckus and, you know, antics. Yeah. Um, so this movie only has the dummy, not um, Japanese horror characters. But sadly. that did have an It reference. That's true. Which was great for a kid's movie. Yeah, good... Um, Good joke too. Yeah. Uh, like it was, we were in a cinema full of kids and families, and I guarantee yeah. none of them would have seen it. Incidentally, we're like the only adults at this screener without children. <laughs> yeah, but we were best dressed. Oh yeah, like if, you, if you want to see M's makeup, jump on our Facebook. She looked great, and our Twitter, good pop underscore bad pop, to have a look at our photos from the uh, promo. Continue. Sorry. Go on. Now I feel silly piling on this kids movie too much. But, this feels mean. <laughs> yeah, but Slappy the Dummy is gr- like creepy, like foreshadowing, and he wasn't scary enough. Yeah. There also. Okay. Well, I mean, he was scary, but he didn't really have room to be. He was just. He was spooky. He was spooky, he wasn't scary. He was kind of Joker esque, with a bit of a cackle yeah. and a bit like a anarchist vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's a few nods to other works, but not a lot. And I feel mm. like coming from a rich background of Goosebumps, you could reference a lot of other stuff. There just happened to be a witch and a mummy and stuff. There was no yeah. sort of references to anything else. There was gnomes. There was gnomes. Yeah. But they were just gnomes. They weren't anything gnomey mm. from the... What was the gnome book called? Uh, oh. Revenge of the Gnomes. Probably. I don't know. Um, so... Yeah, it's a kids movie if you want to get some light horror on your kids. It was good, like it was um it was fun. It was like it was silly fun. Hmm. I wouldn't say it was a great movie critically. <laughs> but it it was fun. It was a bit of good uh, you know, Halloweeny fan vibes. So where the money is here though is the nostalgia. Yeah. So we've yeah, gone yeah, down yeah. a bit of a hole of our goosebumps childhood. Mm-hmm. And what follows is a little Brief history of Goosebumps, just to Ooh. reacclimate. Hit us with the history, T. Yep. R.L. Stein. Mm-hmm. I was going to say born, whatever year, but I don't know. No, no. Sounds like you're very well researched here. <laughs> yeah. So he had some success with some junior horror, young horror. Mm-hmm. Young adult. Young adult fiction. I don't know. Whatever the genre is. And he was approached by a small company at the time called Ooh. Scholastic. Love me some scholastic. <laughs> he was commissioned. How good were book club letters just speaking of? I mean, like that was my favorite magazine at school. This is why I didn't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> he was commissioned to write six books. Mm-hmm. They did well. Yeah. They got a bit of a following. Yes. And now the first run of Goosebumps got to 62 books. Mm. Um, and then a whole media empire surrounded it even before there were media empires 
Uh, they made a TV show. Yeah, they there did. There was video games. Was there video games? Yeah. Choose your own adventure books. Oh, they were good. Yeah. All sorts of things. Um, Goosebumps the books ran from 1982 to 1987. Mm-hmm. The first original series of Goosebumps, yes. Yep. The first run. There was, you know, a Goosebumps 2000. Yeah. Remember when everything was 2000? It was very exciting. Yeah. A whole new number to play like, with there. Whatever, 2000. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> even Silverchair were naming... The, anyway. Um, That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to talk about music on this podcast. Um, and eventually, uh, what happened? So, I got the idea from Goosebumps from um, Horror Week on Channel 11. Mm. It was called It's Goosebumps Week on Channel 11. That's a great well, story. Yeah, where they'd play all their horror... Stuff and he went cool. I'll call it Goosebumps. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, his books were doing so well; they were making about a million, a million sales a month. Wow, that is a lot for the first year. Thanks to book club in schools. Mm. And once the into the mid nineties, he was selling four million copies a month. Damn. So he was doing well, and just Goosebumps books made up fifteen percent of Scholastic's revenue. Yeah, I'd believe it. I would believe it. Then, when Goosebumps ran down, late 90s, when he stopped writing, and I don't know, the interest must have dropped. The internet came out then, so Um, (laughs) it probably killed the written word. Um, Scholastic revenue dropped by 40%. (laughs) That is not necessarily due to the end of Goosebumps. I disagree. I think that's directly. (laughs) It could be everyone just stopped reading simultaneously. (laughs) Um, They're the number two children's book series of all time. Can you guess what number one was? It's a Harry Potter. It is not. Um, Who's the other famous kids' book author? Thing? Oh, Roald Dahl. No. Oh, really? Um, well, Paul Jennings would only be not not based. like worldwide. Not worldwide. No, worldwide. Not Australian. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It wouldn't be Paul Jennings. Um, I'll give you one more guess. Uh, other children's authors. Um. I don't know, is it the, the Narnia person? No, 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 it's, yeah. uh, it was Dr. Zeus. Ah! <laughs> Green eggs and ham. Durr. Slightly different levels of reading, but... Yeah, that's why I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking that, because I was thinking, you know, like, kids and teens and stuff. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, this was an American poll. It was also the 15th most, most challenged book, as in people complaining about it. I would believe that, having read yeah. some of the synopses, like... Goosebumps looks are fucked up. Yeah, 15th most complaints due to the witchcraft and necromancy <laughs> and general horror themes. Satanism was a good keyword. <laughs> and as a result, it was the 94th most banned book. So. Nice. The, yeah, like they were beating the challenges, clearly. The only reason that it's so low on that list is because there were so many of them that mm. you couldn't just make <laughs> complaints about one. Smart. Um, R.L. Stein, very smart. The TV show ran from a little bit after. The books, mm. um, they made 74 episodes. 43 of the 62 books were episodized. Mm. And we'll turn into episodes. That was a pretty good run. Like You'd be like, there's no way, but they made it a ton. There's also a few episodes that were sort of inspired by the books. Like there's an episode called More Monster Blood, which doesn't actually have anything to do with Monster Blood too. Mm. Fun fact. Um, the first crack at making a Goosebumps movie mm-hmm. was in 1998. Mm. And I'm going to get you to guess who the director was lined up to make the original Goosebumps movie in 98. Someone in the 90s who was famous for being a director making quirky movies. I know who I want to say. Say it. 
I've, I've forgotten his name for a minute. You know, did Kill Bill and shit. Not Tarantino. Oh, no, 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 no. That'd have been amazing. A Tarantino Goosebumps. Mr. Tarantino, <laughs> if you're listening. Make a Goosebumps please movie. Please make a Goosebumps <laughs> movie because that will be gory and fucked up as shit and I'll be all over it. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he would have cast someone like um, Johnny Depp in the lead. Nah. Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah. Tim Burton was lined up to make Goosebumps in 98. Yeah. And he went, how do I turn 62 books into a script? Get bent. And a fair question. <laughs> and that's why it's taken this and that, long. And that's why they made and, a TV show. Yeah. Um, now, as a bonus, jump onto your Netflix. Search for Goosebumps. Because mm. it's on Netflix. And yeah. it's the most 90s-rific thing. Like, the intro, it's, you know, it's cropped because it's made for TV. And it's like looks like a shoddily recorded VHS. Amazing. And, oh my god, it's so good. I remember there was an episode based on the book, Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Mm. And it was the most M. Night Shyamalan-ian twist ever. It was amazing. <laughs> So this kid goes to summer camp or whatever they do in America called Camp Night Moon. Is this the book? Or this is this... the TV show. Okay. I didn't read this particular book. We'll talk oh, okay. about the books in a second. Right. Um, and he's at a school camp and everything's a bit weird and there's a big conspiracy and everyone's out to get him and it all goes crazy. He ends up pulling a gun, <laughs> shooting one of the counselors. Oh, shit. And it turns out it was like a paintball gun and they're like, oh, you passed the test. You may join our army. We're ready to invade. And they look what? up and it's Earth. In the what? sky. They're on the moon training to invade Earth. It was amazing twist for a what, that's like, 13-year-old. Um, that other book that you have read. That's... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I actually read books. That yeah. could be lots of things. Cool story, right? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when... God, it's going to piss me off. You know, uh, he's like good at video games and then they're actually in... in Oh, uh, um, interstellar war with people. Yeah, game. Some, Ender's, Ender's game. game. I was gonna say that, but I'm like, no, that seems too obvious. Ender's game. Spoilers uh, for Ender's game. Good book. Not uh, middling movie. Mm. Um, and then so the show ran, and uh, you know, in a way, the '90s ended when the show ended because yeah. it was December in 1999. Makes sense. Yeah. End of the '90s. End of Scholastics. Yeah. End of childhood. End of all of it. So I went lessons. Goosebumps books were weird because it was something you collected, but I knew the names of a bunch, but I didn't know the stories of a bunch, so mm. I must have had more than I read. Like, I had oh. 20 of them, and I'd read, like, half of them. I read every single one of mine, sometimes repeatedly. No. Oh. If you had time to reread Goosebumps. <laughs> so... I was a big reader. My quick highlights. Welcome to Dead House, book one. Oh, yeah. That was the scariest one. Mm. Uh, Monster Blood, book three. Mm, Say Cheese and Die, book four. Uh, Let's Get Invisible. (laughs) Uh, Night of the Living Dummy. Slappy. Mm. Classic. I wasn't big on Night of the Living Dummy ones. My favourite Monster Blood, Monster Blood 2, where a Mm. hamster eats it and goes all supersized. And Cuckoo Clock of Doom, because I had this... Yeah, that was a good one. ...creepy time travel thing. It was basically the kids' version of the butterfly effect. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher movie with a really creepy plot. Do you remember that big fight we had once about how the end of that movie went, of the butterfly effect? Oh my god, tangent. I love this. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> I saw the butterfly effect in the movies. Sort of a horror thriller thing with Ashton Kutcher. No, didn't you see it on DVD? No, no, no. I saw it at the movies. Oh, okay. 
you saw it. Maybe it wasn't me no, you had no, the no. argument with. No, it was because I saw no, no, I saw it in the movies and you. I hundred percent saw it in the movies. I no, saw it twice at the movies. No, fuck off! You didn't. You saw it I could, on DVD. Anyway, anyway uh, continue the story. I saw it twice at the movies, mm. and the DVD came out, and it was like director's cut, and no one ever thought more of that. That just meant cool bonus scenes or deleted scenes. You know, maybe I didn't have this fight with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you had it with. Either my... way, let's have it now. All right. Anyway, the director's cut DVD had an alternate ending and it had deleted endings as a special feature, but it didn't have the original ending at any place on the DVD. No, it did not. So you'd watch it on the movies and be like, oh yeah. And then someone would watch it on DVD and be like, that movie was messed up. All this stuff happened. And you're like, what? (laughs) None of that happened. It wasn't the extra parts that was the frustrating part is that the ending was completely different and the DVD ending was dumb and fucked up and you're just like what and then if you are talking to someone who saw it at the movies you get into massive arguments because they had two completely different endings like completely (laughs) different like anyway how'd we get here (laughs) i don't know but you know fun anecdote (laughs) cuckoo clock of doom (laughs) starring ashton kutcher i would watch yeah that would be amazing all right, what were your favorite Goosebumps? Go. Okay, so uh, I'll go with my favorite and least favorite. So I was a big Monster Blood fan. I can't pinpoint exactly why, and I, I couldn't actually remember anything about it other than that it was a jar that was kind of like the blob that ate everything, uh, which I fiercely argued it was not at the time because, you know, I was eight. And <laughs> um, I reread some of the plots to this. These books are stupid. <laughs> Time for our critical analysis of Goosebumps plotlines. Let me tell you about how our hero protagonist, Evan, is a fucking moron throughout four different books. Is it the same dude in all Monster Blood books? Yes. So he keeps spilling the Monster Blood? Uh, Not all the time. (laughs) Uh, And other characters, like, come in and out. So the first one was was good and fair enough. You know, people make mistakes. Um, So So what happens in Monster Blood 1? I don't think I read 1. Okay, so in 1, which is the third Goosebumps book um, of the OG Goosebumps series, uh, Andy, who is... uh, No, not Andy. Evan is the main character um, of this book. He goes and stays with his weird aunt. um, Because that's where all weird shit happens, right? Uh, Oh, dark path. Let's not go down there. Um, And anyway, he goes into this weird eclectic store, buys Monster Blood because he was like, hey, this looks cool. It's like slime, you know, whatever. Um, meets up with this friend called Andy and she's also into the monster blood and they're like, hey, cool, look at this goo, good times. Um, Kids are easily entertained. Well, I mean, we all bought Do you remember Gak? Gak? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's basically what this is. I mean, kids now, they have like 15 devices in their house and they're like, I'm bored. Yeah, anyway, I digress. So anyway, his aunt's all like, ooh, be careful of that monster blood business, you know, goo is slimy. Um, I had and... no monster blood when I was a kid. Where's my monster blood? Just buy some gag and make your own. BYO. BYO Monster Blood. Um, anyway, uh, he's also got his dog with him and his dog gets into a fight with the with his aunt's cat who's like a complete asshole of a cat, but what cat isn't? And um, Really? Going hard on the plot? All right. No, no, no. <laughs> this is relevant. This is all relevant. We don't need an actual synopsis, but okay. It comes back around. <laughs> Anywho's, um, so I forget how the Monster Blood gets out. He spills it or he feeds it to his dog or some shit happens. And... Um, it gets bigger, and it's like, oh, this blob is getting bigger. That's weird. Um, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Anyway, it gets out of control. Uh, I think his dog eats some and the dog grows. Um, long story short, you know, adventures ensue. And then his aunt is like, ooh, um, my bad. I put a curse on the monster blood that she was me. And he's like, what? And she's like, no, but it was her. And points to the cat. And then the cat turns into a witch and is all like, and the monster blood. Like what? And, we need to rewatch Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, the dog pushes the witch cat lady into the monster blood, um, and everybody lives happily ever after. That's unusual. Not a lot of them had them live happily ever after. There was a lot of. Well, look, there's three more books. <laughs> there's a lot of twists. In fact, when I go down, I can actually start to remember some dark twists in some of these books. Um, shortly, I've got three more books to cover. <laughs> Oof. All right. Give so, me, like. Crib notes. All right, all right, all right. Um, the last one has an unusually convoluted plot, but I'll get to why. Because <laughs> I've read the second one where the hamster eats it and becomes massive. Yeah, so um, that's the so that's yeah that's the second one. Um, but what's stupid about that is the reason that he feeds it to the hamster is because he gets into a fight with a bully and this teacher, Mister Murphy, is all like, "Hey, you, don't do that." And he's like, "Well, fuck you! I'm going to go get revenge on you by feeding monster blood to the hamster because that's logical." Anyway. What's even more illogical is that the teacher comes back. I'm assuming this is meant to be a science teacher, which just makes me even more mad. Like, this guy's not very good at his job. He's like, this hamster is twice the size. Damn it, Evan, why did you ever feed this hamster? Like, mate, that's not how this works. So the science teacher is not very good. I don't know if he's actually a science teacher. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, he eats monster blood to fight the hamster. It doesn't work. Well, the kid does. Yeah. So then they go to to go to battle, and it's all anticlimactic because then they all go back to the normal size. And he's like, "Huh, the monster blood expires today." Oh well. <laughs> oh my god, that's a pretty lame one. Oh yeah, look, it, it reminds me of like that Family Guy episode mm-hmm. where all the family guy family, the Griffins, all get radiation poisoning and get superpowers, and Adam mm-hmm. West is like. I'll have to do the same thing and fight them. And he goes and ro- rolls around in radioactive waste and gets cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the plot of the next two books. So the third one, which is very brief, because uh, I couldn't actually find a synopsis for how it ends. <laughs> Other than not well, I'm guessing. Um, what happens in the third one? So Evan's got this cousin called Kermit. I mean... Yeah, so Kermit's a bit of a square and does all these experiments and annoys Evan. So he's like, "Oh, I'll show him." But, that, but that's none of his business. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so okay, here's what happens. So he's like, "I know how I'll get back at my stupid nerdy cousin. I'll put monster blood in one of his experiments." I mean, come on, Evan, have you not learned how this works by now? <laughs> so guess what happens to the experiment? It, it, they get good data, and everyone. Gets significant values and no. lives happily ever after and gets tenure. It grows and explodes and he ah. eats some in the explosion. And then he grows to like 10 feet tall. Not 10 feet tall, like 10 stories tall. Anyway, he squashes some buildings and it's a whole thing. And um, don't know how that ends. <laughs> but then, Violently. <laughs> with the National Guard. Then in, in Monster Blood 4, we have a different kind of Monster Blood. Now here, now, Monster Blood light. Monster Blood no sugar. Well, it's blue, so maybe... Um, Diet Monster Blood. Now, this is the last book in the original Monster Blood, uh, in the original Goosebumps series. Yep, number 62. Yep, and it shows. <laughs> uh, Arlstein gets a little sloppy with some of his. Uh... All right, well, let's just see. Okay. Uh, so, okay, here's what happens. Last Goosebumps book. Um, 
Kermit's an idiot. Evan's an idiot. We've established these characters are dumb. So he's got this big elaborate experiment with like these mice and they keep getting out and he's like, oh, I'll put an electric fence up. That'll solve that problem. Anyway, everyone touches this electric fence for some reason and gets electrocuted. It's very weird. Um, so he's not a very good scientist. Uh, anyway, the bully from the, the second one, I think, rocks up and he's all, what's in the can? And they're like, it's candy, bitch. He's like, give it to me. And, uh, you know, they struggle with that. And I think he takes it or something. Anywho, do you find it was really easy to poison bullies in that era? Like in all these shows, movies, everything, it's sort of like, no, don't drink my special drink, and the bully's like, give it, <laughs> and it happens every show. Yeah, I think seventies through nineties bullies just weren't very smart. I think I could have poisoned a lot more bullies in the nineties. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, so during this kerfuffle, monster blood spills out, shock horror, but it's got eyes now and it's blue. Anyway, it turns into blobs and multiplies and runs away, and they're like, uh, that's a problem. So, you know, they so rounded monster up. blood, like, blue crush. Yeah, <laughs> this is... essentially. So, uh, anyway, it runs away. They catch it, and they're like, how are we going to How are we gonna get rid of this monster blood? And Evan, the, the brilliant smarty pants he is, he goes, hey, you know what we should do? Feed it your mum's hot sauce that's on the stove. What the fuck? <laughs> That'll fix our problems. <laughs> So then anyway, mom comes back. She's like, where the fuck's all my hot sauce? Where did the monster blood has explosive diarrhea. Hold it down. Get him. It was <laughs> very weird. Planned. And not only is that all stupid, it didn't even do anything anyway. So I'm like, why'd you make and this And now they have no chili. Like, yeah, it's, this is a sad book. Mom's pissed. Like, it's a whole thing. This book ended the 90s. <laughs> this is why. I, I, I'm mad at this book. Anyway, no, it gets worse. So not only is this hot sauce plot point weird. You really went down this... Oh my god, look at all these notes. Like it gets worse. It gets it gets worse. Alright. So after that, um, some of these blobs escape uh further and they go and find this Conan guy, this bully. And um they also try to consume his dog. Now this is how I know like if the hot sauce plot point wasn't a, an indication that Arl Star was pretty ready to give up the game, Conan's dog's name can you guess his dog's name? Uh Slappy. It's dog face. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that, that's ahead of its time before the Birdie McBoat faces. Like, well, you could be onto something. I could have named a dog dog face for all I know. No, that, that was ahead of its time. If Everyone does that so. now. Yeah, but all right, okay, let's call it ahead of the curve then. I don't know about the hot sauce point, hot point though. Anyway, long story short. Um, the 90s ended. The 90s ended. <laughs> the internet came out and books were done. Yep. Um, and I don't know, one of them eats eats it and then they turn into clones of themselves and it was all very weird um now those are the monster blood books those are my favorite apparently <laughs> i think that's all i'm gonna let you talk about today what else you got no i've got to talk about say cheese and die because <laughs> that was my least favorite because that was the scariest to me that took me three goes to finish i feel like there was and this probably existed like an excellent marketing partnership with mm. goosebumps and like mountain dew or something what? and they're like mountain dew monster blood flavor and so you'd have, like, your green monster blood. Well, that would be cool. Um, like, everyone was all about that kind of promo stuff back then. Yeah, well, that's true. I, there probably was in America, but I doubt that got over here because we didn't have the internet. Or Mountain um, Dew. Or, yes, we did. In the 90s. Yes. Did we? Yes. yes. God, know, didn't sorry. you ever go to Pizza Hut? Jesus. Anyway. Um, so Set Cheese and Die was scary. Do you remember what happened in that book? Well, they took photos, and then bad things would happen in the photos, and they would come true. 
Kind of, so the photo would be like of something that happened in the future, and then that would unfold. Yeah. Anyway, it was really fucked up. So they just broke into some old person's house, and it was like it's a creepy old mansion. Took this weird camera they found and started using it. So the first thing that happened was um, took a picture of his dad, I think, and it showed like, no, oh no, his dad's new car, and the photo was like of a car wreck. I think that was the part that was the scariest to me, because I was like, oh my god, this guy gets in a car accident. And also the a picture he took of his brother has like his friend with a broken neck on the floor, and you're like, what the fuck? And that came true. Mm-hmm. And that's why it took me two goes, because I got that far and went, nah, nah, this is too scary. I can't. Anyway, the way that they sort of, you know, they end up tearing up the photos, and that's how they, you know, stop this shit from happening. Um, but then it turns out the person they took the camera from was a crazy old scientist, because everyone's a crazy old scientist. Um, oh, yeah, that's what happens to the monster bloody number four. Some spaceman rocks up. And he's like, oh, I believe you have my monster blood. We need that for the army to fight people underwater or something. And they're like, oh. And it was all gone anyway. And then he just leaves like, oh, well. <laughs> it was so weird. Anyway, back to my, <laughs> back to say cheese and die. Um, yeah, anyway, so this dude, you know, they fight and the, they take a photo of him and he dies. And everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> All right, well, now we're on the dark endings of these books. The ones yeah. I remember is Cuckoo Clock of Doom, which is yeah. one of my favorites. So this one's about time travel. This guy has a sister he hates, and he sabotages a clock to blame the sister. Mean. And he starts bouncing back in time. And he has to undo this, because every time he goes back further and further to time where he wasn't born. Ooh. And he goes for a whole adventure, and he gets back to his timeline, and he's all good. But then he doesn't have a sister. He's because of all his adventures, his parents are like, "Oh, after you, you are such a, you know, problem yeah. child." I didn't, we didn't have another kid because you know he was on adventures to fix a clock mm. as a toddler, and he goes, "Ah, oh, outcome, <laughs> like happily ever after." <laughs> I've deleted my sister from history. The other one was savage. I forget the setup, but they got sucked into a comic book. Ah. Oh. Was that maybe a choose your own adventure ending? Oh, maybe. I don't know. They were great. They had like the holographic covers, didn't they? The choose your own adventure ones. And then they did a whole adventure and they're like, oh, we made it. And he accidentally cuts himself and ink comes out instead of (gasps) like blood and like, oh no, I'm forever. Anyway, so that's some dark endings. So yeah, that's our Goosebumps special. Very exciting. Tell us your favorite Goosebumps story. Tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop and send us a message on Facebook. And next week, Terry's going to provide a critical analysis of Power Rangers episodes. Ooh. No, I won't. That's too lengthy. (laughs) But maybe sometime. Well, they had a Power Ranger. They drove with a pirate ship steering wheel. Made no goddamn sense. What of Power Rangers does? Like, and also, oh, coming up to Christmas, we've got to talk about that great Power Rangers Christmas movie. Oh, we can review that, yes? Oh, okay. no review necessary. Five stars. But seriously, everybody. if you were to steer a robot that has arms and legs, what are you going to do with a pirate ship wheel? Like, is it got a rudder? Is it got a tail that's steering? It's dumb. It does have a tail, so maybe that's what that was. No, this wasn't the dinosaur one. This oh. was some sort of nautical one, hence the pirate ship wheel. Oh, well, okay. They, they were like pirate power rangers show's dumb <laughs> furious all right after the break we'll have our news headlines thank you welcome back thank you for listening to our goosebumps segment what's new in news em what's new in news okay so uh we've got a little bit of exciting stuff happening so last week we heard uh that iron fist got cancelled 
everybody rejoiced. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually see Iron Fist, but I hear it was bad. And I did see Defenders and I hated him in that. So I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to sit through that. So I'm pretty happy that's cancelled. Um, you watched Iron Fist, didn't you? I watched the first season. Um, the only season? <laughs> no, they did two. Did they? Yeah, two just came out. Oh, not just. Ah. There's two. Ah, disappointing. But they cancelled it right after they couldn't recover, apparently. I didn't watch mm. the second season. I'm a, a, a fell choice. behind. Um, so they've cancelled that, and now they've just announced that Luke Cage has been cancelled as well, which only leaves two of those... Um, two of the Netflix Vengers. Yeah, still standing. Bit of pressure on um, old Matty Murdock then. So we just started Daredevil Season 3, only yes. about halfway through. So I guess we can do an in-progress review. Mm. And not, like, the Netflix Avengers show... Defenders, I guess they're called. Um, they're different beast to the other kinds. They're very slow burn. They're mm. only like 10-ish episode runs. Yeah. And what they do that's amazing, they put a lot of emphasis on the villains. They really yeah. give you... The villains get as much screen time as the heroes. Which I will say only works in... For me, only really worked in Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Because in Luke Cage... I struggled because it took up to like episode six or seven to see the big bad in season one of Luke Cage. And for a 10 episode run, I feel like that's a bit late. Nah, that was, that was great. Cause remember it was the family and it had, um, one, they were raised in together. One was a politician who was obviously a corrupt bad guy. Mm. She was. And there was a guy who was like the mobster guy who ran the club and yeah, that was the mini boss, and there was the bigger boss, which was the real one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like I didn't care about that bad guy. He was just someone to fight with at the end. That's what I was saying. Like they, but they framed him as like the bigger bad guy, and yeah, it took but... that long to get there. It was stupid. And I hated it. Anyway, go on. Sorry. But right, the the interesting bad guys there was the sort of brothery sistery dynamic. Yeah, but then that ended up not mattering because it wasn't. Really well, it about was him. all a journey. They had a journey in growth too. And... Nah. You know, the just wasted time. No, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but what once so they had the defenders, the crossover. It yes. was awful. But the one good thing is they killed all the baddies. The hand, the mm. mystical secret organization. The hand was a bit shit. They were shit. It was a bit ominous and like it just wasn't interesting. Yeah, but they got rid of it, mm. and they went. You know who was awesome? Fisk, who was the yeah. bad guy in Daredevil season one. Big, he's known as the kingpin in the Marvel mm. comic universe. He's um mob guy, regularly regular villain of Spider Man. You actually fight him in the Spider Man game in the intro. Yes, that was fun. Yeah. Um, and you follow him a lot. You know, he's big and stoic and mm. you know very calm, but can unleash the violence in a pinch. Anyway, so he obviously lost in the first season of Daredevil oh, three, four years ago. When was that? Yeah, a while ago. Four or five years ago? No, quite that long. Um, So he's been in prison. Mm. And we're seeing him sort of change his priorities and sort of dwell. And, you know, he's been beaten and stuff. Meanwhile, old Matty Murdock, who got his butt whipped in Defenders, is now sort of... Is that his best when he's having his conflicts, internal Mm. conflict? Because he's got all this sort of religion background and... He's sitting around moping a lot about God and stuff. Very conflicted. Yeah. <laughs> and then runs out. I like out. it though. Like it's... Well, that, that's what the strength of these shows is. Mm. It's a real growth arc and um, the fighting's great. Like, yeah. the, the action style is very 
visceral. It's very real. Like it's mm. not just one punch, they're down. One punch, they're down. It's this two. Is, go- it's people my favorite brawling. part about Daredevil is um is the single camera one shot fight scenes that just go forever and you can't look away because it's the same you know four or five people fighting just getting back up and fighting and getting back up and fighting yeah which is how fights it's, it's would realistic happen. you can't like one hit a guy yeah and you're just sort of holding your breath the whole time you're like oh my god what is going on that guy's back oh man so there's like five guys crawling around on the ground including the hero and they've been mm. concussed to hell they've all been beaten up and they're just sort of groggily it's the final scene of rocky 2 <laughs> with apollo and stallone dead trying to land the last punch <laughs> and it's a whole hallway fight of this it's amazing yeah, there's there's always at least one in every season, and um, I think we we just saw it in episode four. So um, it's become like a real for me anyway. It's become like a real uh, token trademark of of Daredevil is these great amazing scenes. Like the first one I saw, I was like, wow, I've not seen anything like that before, hasn't, and it was just really good. Hasn't quite topped Punisher's one in Daredevil season two when Daredevil uh, when Punisher mm. was in prison and got into a shank fight that was the most compelling fight scene i've ever seen right oh i i mean i'm just talking about like the style in general yeah yeah, yeah very good but yeah so in progress obviously mm. nothing's happened yet because it's a netflix show it's all slow build but yeah looking good so far hmm. and a lot of pressure on it now that half yeah. the half the um defenders have been snapped by thanos <laughs> thanos Netflix CEO. <laughs> Smart. Um, but actually, I did read something about that because um, the Daredevil producer said that season three takes place before the snap, so oh. before uh, Infinity War. I mean, no one else is paying attention to the snap. There's Holland, you know, Spider-Man's doing press tour for his new movie. That also takes place before the snap, though. No, 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 no. The next Spider-Man movie is post snap recovery well when you say next spider-man movie what one do you mean <laughs> the marvel the mcu one there's two spider-man one comes out in december the animated one with no, 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 Miles. no that's that's not that's sony it's nothing to do with it's still it's still kind of related though but you're talking about the next live action one that yeah, comes out the next mcu year. yes yes marvel okay. cinematic universe yeah um <laughs> No, because they're tied to anyway. Look. The other one's done by Sony. It doesn't it's not related? No, it is related. It takes place in a different universe. That's why it's animated, and it's Miles. Exactly. So it's nothing to do with anyway. The fact that it's Spider Man. Any who's, um, what were you talking about? All right. Well, we don't know what's going to happen in that movie. They might address it. We don't know. So I yeah, mean, but like the the point is, no one's everyone's well, acting obviously as if everything will recover. Well, I mean, I mean, they're planning will. Black Panther two and stuff. It's well, we like... know that that's going to happen. But anyway, the the point is, is that all the Hell's Kitchen stuff is happening. Uh, same with Jessica Jones. That happened all before. Has she been cancelled yet? No. So uh, everyone's worried that that one's going to be next. Um, I would say that Daredevil is the stronger of the two, but I do very much like both of those. I can quite happily live without Luke Cage. Like I, I didn't mind the first season, but I didn't love it like I did with JJ and Daredevil. I only thought JJ was meh. Plus, I could watch Matt Murdock for some time. Yep. Meow. So I don't know. Jessica Jones, I can take or leave. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much potential there, but they just never hit it. It's all sits neutral the whole show 
Mm, I mean, that's, maybe that's a dude thing. I don't know. Like every woman I know loves it because they're just really. Oh, she's awesome. She's... Get into the no, 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 not that stuff, but all the like emotional abuse stuff. Like the, they really get into that and how that can really seep into every part of your life type thing. So maybe that just wasn't as quite. Um, right, know. but it's still meant to be a superhero show. Yeah, of her well, it's an anti-hero show, but um, yeah. but I still really liked it. Um, season did I like season two? Yeah, I think I did. Um, yeah, do you have any more to add about Daredevil in Progress? Um, not on the Netflix Marvel verse, but on the topic of Netflix cancellations. Mm. Um, Oint Nab, Orange is the New Black. Mm. Next season is going to be the last. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, Everyone's I mean. He's getting out of prison. Yeah. So it'll be interesting what they do with the next season because, um, Spoiler alert for the uh, months ago's Orange is the New Black. All the characters are kind of diverging. Some are getting out of prison. Some are getting shipped to Supermaxes. Some are getting mm. shipped across the border. Like, well, I think I know the, the only thing I have seen, I think it's Piper getting out. So we know that that's going to happen. Uh, I, like, cause... Well, that's already happened. No, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what um, if they're going to do a time jump as well. Who knows? Or like individual time jumps. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So, because half the key players aren't. Because are we going to watch a whole season of just Alex Voss dealing with prison? Like, I would. But she needs more. She's always she's a great support, but she's never the lead. Well, she. I don't think she will be a lead. You know, I still. I don't know. We're just going to have to see. Mm. Speculate all we like. Um, I don't have any other news. What do you got? I do have some other news. So uh, a couple of pictures have come out for the uh, CW crossover that's happening this year on um, the 9th to 11th of December. Mm-hmm. Um, starting For the CW. That's what I just said. Arrowverse. Yes. yes. Sorry. Yes, CW crossover. Uh, it's going to be called Elseworlds. And um, Superman's going to be in this one too. Now, um, there was a lot of rumors flying about that CW were making a Superman show and that they were using mm. this as a platform to be like a bit of a sneaky backdoor pilot. Um, but they're not, so fear not. <laughs> We're not getting more of that. Um, and I don't think that would be right to do with it because the reason that they did Supergirl, well, not the reason, but, you know, because she tends to be a bit understated, it was kind of nice to have a whole show for her. I think it would be kind of shit to try and, you know, run over that with Superman. The fact that Supergirl isn't very good as a show <laughs> is beside the point, but, um, you know, morally speaking, I think it would be a bit of a, a shit Plus it'd be too bloated. That would be one, two, three, four, five interconnected it'd shows. very difficult. I actually was listening to um, Stephen Amell on a podcast the other day on um, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You, and he was talking about how difficult it is to shoot the crossovers because you're dealing with such a huge cast and five different directors who all want to do different stuff and it just gets really complicated and you go from being like number one on the list of people um, to prioritize and call to being like number 72 and how it just becomes really um, like he said it's great and fun but it's a whole different kind of um, environment so I really enjoyed hearing a bit more about that and I hope he chats a bit more about it that happened uh, the last crossover like the third most important characters weren't even getting screen time yeah it's hard to the fourth most important character on the show wasn't even on it like there was was just no room for anyone pretty difficult but um but they always do a great job like i've always loved the crossover especially the second 
The first one was okay. It was, was okay. just cool because of concept. The second one the second was, was with the, the Nazi timeline or the uh, Earth X. Yeah, yeah, Earth X. And, every, and it was like their Nazi doppelgangers. And that was actually really good. Mm. Yeah. So the other thing that we've seen uh, from this crossover is a picture um, of Oliver and Barry in matching outfits and opposite outfits, I think. Yes. So it's all going to be weird. But, I mean, it's called Elseworlds. So, you know, we're looking at a few different worlds happening i'm assuming so i think that's gonna be really cool i'm looking forward to that uh and good to know that the superman show is um is just a rumor so that is that is good stuff that's about all i have for news this week okay and i think that'll wrap up our episode next um week we'll talk about the dollop we will talk about the dollop and uh hopefully someone can tell us something that's happening at pax because i am getting pax fomo I really want to go, um, but, you know, we're just, we're, we're a baby podcast. We're still a baby. So we thought, mm, let's not go this year. Maybe next year. So hopefully someone can give us I the rundown. I feel like we would be there with other casters doing what we do better in more detail. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, we can give it a crack. <laughs> do you like Goosebumps? We can talk about Goosebumps. <laughs> Maybe other podcasters like Goosebumps. Tweet us your favorite Goosebumps. Please tweet us your favourite Goosebump books. Good pop underscore bad pop on Twitter and Facebook us at facebook.com forward slash good pop bad pop podcast. Uh, hopefully everyone has a good weekend at PAX who is going and we will chat to you all next week. Bye bye.